Hi, I'm Nina, My Son's an Addict, Podcast 7, Friends and Family. One of the biggest things that um, stand out from the very beginning, actually one of the first meetings I I went to as a support group, which was at least an hour away from where I lived because I didn't want anybody knowing at that point what I was going through. And um, I realized that as we were going around the room, all I kept hearing was, my friends all left me. They turned their back on me. Um, you know, our, my family, they don't come over anymore. We don't get together with them. They isolated us. Um, so through the years, it's, it hasn't changed. I heard many, especially in when it came to mental illness, um, when that stage came into play. And um, just, you know, all the new support groups or AA meetings or the NA meetings or the Al-Anon meetings, everyone had that same comment about friends and family not being there for them. And they turned their backs on them. And it's interesting because I had a totally different view of that. Uh, My friends and family didn't turn their backs on me. Um, They... Actually, some had an understanding of what I was going through because they had relatives that had gone through it. But others that didn't, they were sympathetic to me more than the addict and made it out like the addict was doing something to me personally, like harming me, going after me, you know, doing this to me, causing problems for me, making things harder for me, which was true. But that wasn't the intent of what the addict was doing and why they were doing it. Um, The illness took over. And unfortunately, you can't can't blame your relatives or friends for not understanding. I mean, especially since we barely understand at the beginning when you're starting out in this whole process, especially when you're not even, you're in the denial stage and they see things that you're not even admitting to see. And when they start pointing things out to you and you're butting heads against them and saying, no, you don't know what you're talking about. No, that can't be. Well, of course, there's going to be friction. And of course, you're not going to have friends because they're not going to be there when you're, they see that you're not listening and you're not open-minded. And that's where the the misconception of I don't have friends comes into play. It's not that your friends aren't there for you. But you know what? You need to get your own help. You need to go out there and get a therapist to talk to. Because everybody has their own problems. You got to think about what's going on in their houses. And you know what? Never take on anybody else's problems. So if I was you, I would go out and not focus on what of your friends are there or not there. You need to focus on how to get yourself help, who you could talk to. Because Talking your friend's ears off is not going to help you. It's just, they're like soundboards. And that's not what you need. And you don't want to use that relationship for that. You need that relationship for love and support and, and someone to be there for you. You know, when you're crying or when you're trying to figure things out and you're just asking them questions, what their thoughts are. But not to sit there and hour after hour keep discussing the same things that are going on in the house and how he's acting or how the addict is behaving and what they're doing and what happened last night and 
oh my god and no it's nobody's responsibility but your own this is not something to put on your friends and family again you need to take the responsibility and realize that wow how could my friends and family possibly understand this if i'm not even a hundred percent sure if i understand it and that's where i stand on friends and family um, the other thing is is that in my experience i have had wonderful wonderful friendships and every single one of my friends really have been there for me and yeah I'm probably lucky. And statistically, you're right. 50% are probably run the other way because they're scared it will happen to them. They don't want to look at this in their face. They don't want to see what you're going through because it's scary. And their kids are doing things too, but maybe not to the extent of yours. So when the understanding comes into play, you have to be more open to realizing that don't take it so personally they don't mean harm they just don't know how to act themselves you know i have plenty of stories to tell you about my friends and they have been like i said amazing but there were some times they they didn't even know what to do should they include me in a dinner when they're going out with this, their sons that are in the same grade as my addict and they don't invite me because they don't want me to feel bad that i'm not sitting there with my son and here I am sitting with their sons? Or did it make me feel worse to see them on Facebook all together in a crowd? Did it make me feel bad when I would get together with them as girls' nights out and they would discuss graduation or what they're doing this summer, or what the kid is doing and where they're going and, and grad school or or um, the friends they've made in school college and, and, and the trips they're going on and, and the internships they're getting? You know, I was going through all these timelines of milestones without my son. And uh, it was hard. It was hard, but that wasn't my friend's fault. You know, let's face it. You happen, when you have um, kids and you, you make friends in their grades, you often talk about your kids. And then it just so happens my friends, even after the fact that our kids went off on their own, we still were good friends and we're still there for each other. Um, so I really do believe that you need to take things in perspective. Like at first I was really hurt. I was. Uh, many times I would leave hurt. That's not their fault. That was what was going on with me. How I couldn't handle it. How I was jealous that I had to deal with what I had to deal with. And they were dealing with such beautiful, pleasant things. That's that's just coping. And realizing that through our lives, listen, everybody gets it somehow. And you've got to realize that they don't owe it to you to act a certain way. They, I'm sure they're respectful. They just don't know how to act. And frankly, I didn't know how to, I didn't know in these situations either what would, was right or not. Should I have not gone? Should I go? Um, you know, it's just, that's the way it is. So part of the things that you have to think about when it comes to friends and family is maybe sitting down with them and having a conversation and saying, 
I want you to know what's going on in the house. I want you to know what's going on with me. I want you to understand why I've done some withdrawals, you know, why I've kind of stepped back. Um, and I notice it. And I just want you to know that I really want to be your friend. But this is what's going on in my house. And I'm trying to cope with it. I'm trying to figure it out. And it's, you know, I, I, I'm trying to bond with people that are in the same situation as me and that's probably why I'm not giving you as much time or I haven't been honest with you about what's going on in my home because I'm sad or ashamed um those are things that you have to consider of why how your friends are thinking that oh you know they don't know that you're ashamed they don't know what's going on in your house and then all of a sudden you're assuming because the way they're acting because you've blown them off a million times when they've asked you to do something and they're thinking you don't want to be their friend. I mean, there are a million things that can occur, million ways of looking at things because that's life in any situation. And as far as family, some will understand, some won't. Family is family. And it takes a while, again, to really understand the concept of addiction and illnesses and mental illnesses and that nobody did this to the addict. You can't do it to somebody. They do it to themselves. And when someone gets to that point, they can then share that with their family and their friends and be in situations that don't affect them the way that used to affect them at the beginning of when they were going through this process. Um, it's complicated. And it's not the same for every person. And I know that. And I really look at myself as I was very, very lucky. But I also didn't talk my head off to my friends. I didn't talk about this 24-7. I didn't really um, withdraw from anyone. If anything, I was completely honest from the beginning, asking for help, anything. How do I go about doing this? What do you think I should do? Like, how, how am I going to process this? You know, and, and if anything, there were people that stepped up that could assist and other people that had no clue, but were there for me to love me, to just invite me over, to think of me. So, and not judge, not, I never felt like someone was looking at me as if like, oh, look at her, you know, she, you know, this, her kid's an addict. Really? Um, you know, never, never did I feel that way. I was not insecure about it. And I really, I give credit to my friends and family for that. But mainly my friends who I was around uh, with when the kids, when I was um, raising the kids when they were younger, and they never made me feel like an outcast. You're not an outcast. You're just in the process of processing processing what is going on with your life this trauma that just occurred in your whole family how do you expect your friends to be there now one of the things that I did is I definitely bonded with some people in an Al-Anon group that was pretty close to home when I walked in I never thought any of these people had problems like me and it ends up I was wrong um, and they would invite me out for a meal with them after the group. And little by little, you know, it was nice because if something was going on, one of us would call each other. They'd check in with each other. Um, 
I never really continued on with those bonds and the friendship, but I know to this day that if I called one of them on the phone, they would answer the phone immediately and say, oh my God, how are you? Not even as if I just spoke to them yesterday. Those are friendships. Those are people that you want to be friends with. You need to look for those people. You need to scout them out. You need to see who comes over to you in a group meeting and says, oh, after the group meeting is when people come over to you individually and say, listen, I heard your story and, you know, I had a similar situation and here's where I'm at and I know how you're feeling and don't feel alone. I mean, they really are so, it's so important to be in these groups. And it doesn't matter what kind of support group. And it doesn't matter if it's an AA meeting. I mean, even if you're not an alcoholic, it gives you the tools to understand how to act, how to absorb this. And and even Gamblers Anonymous and anything that you can think of, any support group is going to help you. And then, in fact, it helps your relationships because you're not putting this on other people to make you feel better. You have to do this on your own. And don't get angry at your friends and family because you feel like they weren't there enough for you. Oh, they weren't calling me enough or, oh, this one doesn't stop by and that one didn't include me. My God, you got to stop that. That cannot even be in your vocabulary. Like you need to change your mindset immediately and realize that nobody is judging you really. Nobody is looking at you that way. You are looking at yourself that way, which is so common. And trust me, I've been there. No problem. I agree with you. It's hard and it's lonely. And it's very difficult to say if you don't have the proper friendships outside of this world of addiction, it could take some time for you to get back with your friends if you've already isolated them. So that's part of where that comes into because what I learned from being in these different groups and listening to other parents was mainly that they didn't know how to act. They didn't know what to say to their friends. They didn't want their friends feeling um, scared about coming over because their kid would might maybe hit their kid with a toy or be disruptive and not act like their kid. I can understand it. Totally. That Those are the things that as parents, we need to realize that how would we feel if it was turned around and our friend had an issue like this? Of course, you'd be there for them. You want to be there. But what does that mean? Everybody needs something else. Does it mean bringing over a casserole to someone and making sure that, you know, they've got food on the table? Does it mean giving them a call every week just to make sure they're okay? Does it, does it mean inviting them out? I don't know what that means to you. It has to be a certain way in order for you to... See, I never wanted my friends to feel obligated to anything. I never wanted to feel like a burden. I was very adamant about that mentally and I don't know where that came from but that was one of the biggest things that stuck with me why would I want to be a burden to my friends like if they're my friends I don't want to my relationship to be built about around or about this addiction I just don't I try to keep it out of the conversations as much as possible 
Um, everyone had asked at times and what stage he was in and where he's at. And it was lovely, that fact that they cared and they were there for me. But I didn't really need it to go that much further unless I brought it up. And there were times I needed to just vent or bring it up. And certain friends, I felt like I could do that with. And then they would be like, but wait a minute, don't you remember when? And I'd be like, oh, you know what? You're right. And what do I would do? I would go back to going to one of my groups and go back to going to therapy and realize that, okay, here we go again. I'm back in denial or I'm not handling the situation properly or whatever it is or isn't, I needed help again. That's kind of where friends and family come into play. I mean, no one's coming to save you. No one. That's just life. You got to save yourself, put your, your life jacket on and figure it out. And you, if you're going to sit there and let someone else like the addict, if you're going to wait till the addict goes to sign himself up for a rehab, you will be waiting a long time, very long time. I mean, those chances of them walking into a rehab on their own, I don't even know what the statistics are, but it's like slim to none. So back then, years ago, I would have thought differently. I would have been like, oh, please. I could get him in there, no problem. Once they're over the age of 18, it's a whole other ballgame. And you never know when that window of opportunity is going to come. And that window of opportunity is so small. So basically, you need to just navigate this on your own. And as you're even going through the beginning stages. And, you know, the other thing is, is that remember, your friends see things that you don't want to see. You know, like, let's face it. Like, you see someone's kid who you they're acting like, oh, no, I he doesn't go to Burger King. He's not stopping off there every day. Meanwhile, I see the kid on my way home from the office every day parked in Burger King. Now, I could tell my friend, hey, I saw your kid at Burger King. He's been eating cheeseburgers every single day. Um, and you're thinking he's not. Now, that becomes a little frustrating, don't you think? To have to repeat yourself over and over again and someone being completely in denial and saying, oh, no, not my kid. Okay. Well, then, that's exactly it. Everybody needs to learn at their own pace and be willing to listen. And it's hard. So it's not even a timeline thing, which is so annoying. Nothing's a timeline. Everything just constantly is changing. And even your emotions are constantly changing. So the only one that you have to rely on is yourself and your partner. Whoever that partner is in your life, that is who you could depend on. You are not to put this on your kids. This is not, they don't need to be involved in the daily activities, the daily therapy, the daily situations of coping with this and what's next and what you have to do and how you're navigating through this. No, they need to be kids. That is not... They're not the parent you are and your husband or your fiance or your boyfriend or your second married husband, whatever it is. You know, it says a lot when you're with someone that feels 
confident enough to be able to say, you know, this is completely over my head. Like, I don't even know how how you would even handle this. I don't know how you navigated through it. It, it seems exhausting and tiring. You know, it is. But imagine if you complain to your friends every day. No, you cannot put this on them or your family. And you know what? You make a family gathering. You go and don't even think of bringing him. It doesn't matter if he's out of rehab and you think he's sober. No, he doesn't belong there. He'll just ruin it. Or what happens is they just take all the attention away from why you're there and put it, bring it back to the fact that it's, you know, the elephant in the room. So why would anybody want to do that? But yet, why? Because we feel without our other child, without that, that sibling, something's missing. It's always going to feel that way. No matter if they're there or not. Because if they're there, sometimes it's miserable. It's not even worth it. Other times, they, they, they don't even want to go. And then you push them to go. And you think you're doing the right thing when in fact, that's not the place for them to be. I'll never forget, there was one year that it was over a Jewish holiday and I was in Miami Beach and my son just got out of rehab and I brought him to Miami, stayed in a hotel. We were there with my other son and we spent... uh, you know, the holiday with my, my relatives. And what I didn't realize or know is that he was already taking, I don't know, Listerine, which I didn't even realize that people do that. And that's the start of like going back and drinking again, um, starting to smoke pot again, um, that quickly. I mean, it was after his, um, being in halfway house, and then he came back, and that was it. It didn't take him long. Um, but he shouldn't have been there. He didn't need to be there. What did he do? He left the table anyway. What What good was that? Oh, just to know that he was with me? Meanwhile, the, the, the hotel we're in is having a fire alarm. He decides to order room service and refuses to come out, even though the police are screaming, everyone out of the building. Yeah, no, my kid's still there waiting for his his room service to come. Yeah. It's it's mind-boggling. Was that a selfish act? You know, just besides ordering up the room service and deciding to stay inside and not even say a word to anybody, but the fact that he he wasn't thinking of anybody else. He was thinking of himself. That is why you need to understand that now my relatives when he walked out during the services, you know, what did it do? It was like, it just affected everyone. Why did I need to do that to everyone? I didn't. But I learned after that time that I will never do that again. And I should have gone with my instincts, which I didn't. But it was very raw back then. And it wasn't easy to do. So this is a very tough subject because... It's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy for your friends. It's not easy for you. And just always have to remember and reiterate to yourself. 
you don't know what's going on in their life and they don't know what's going on in your life. And when it comes together and you act, you know, not under, mis, you're misunderstanding each other and you're not even acting nice to each other, you're just letting off steam of things that are affecting you. You're, def, you know, reflecting, deflecting. I mean, like, it's not even something that you should be doing. So you need to be cognizant of that and realize that you don't know how to say it. You don't know what to say. And I would say that. I don't know how to say this to you. You know, it didn't take long for my family to realize what was going on. I was very verbal about it from the very beginning. Um, and I think I needed that. And I think that you, as a listener, should think about what your needs are, how this is going to affect you through your life. If you think hiding your kid in your home for as many years as you want is going to solve a problem, it's just going to prolong the ongoing problem. It just is. Making excuses, thinking thinking that things are going to change. No, he has to get a job, but then no, he'll do it after that day. No, he, he didn't get the job, then now they're firing everyone and... All excuses, lots of excuses. And they're sleeping till three in the afternoon. And you don't know how to get them out of the house, which is another podcast that you should be listening to. But basically, the point is, is that you're going through a lot of changes emotionally. And you need to understand that, you know, it's like an imbalance, like, Wait till you balance yourself, balance your emotions, be able to express what's going on to everyone in a calm manner and tell them what you need, what, what you need from them. You know, some people you have to do that with others. No, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had to say anything to anyone, which is really strange when I look back on it. And, you know, maybe I was lucky with one thing that about this whole situation, but I never felt judged. Now, I felt judged from strangers. I felt judged from people that didn't understand it, never had to deal with uh, trauma in their home. See, people that deal with, have dealt with traumas, no matter what they are, um, are more understanding that things happen right? But if you've never had anything in your life and, oh, everything's wonderful and you go to camp and you go to school and, you you know, you get into great college and you do your schoolwork and you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and everything's wonderful. Until one day it's not. But until that day, you can't possibly understand anything about any topic of real life until you get to that place. You know, um, one thing, you know, it, it saddens me, but, you know, my other son, you know, I always say to him, like, you know, I really wish you didn't have so many obstacles when you were younger uh, emotionally because you really went through a lot. And um, the one thing that it stands out is that, wow, it's going to be really good for you moving on in life because guess what? Things are going to come up. There are going to be so many things that come up in a marriage, financially, emotionally. Who knows? 
but you'll be able to handle it because this is not a surprise to you. Anything, you know, anything. So those are things to think about. Those are things to take in. And the next time you feel like a friend or family member has turned their back on you, you need to think about how you've acted. You need to think what you could do to rectify the situation sooner than later because family is family. And you know what? It's blood. You don't get to choose them. We all know that. But at the end of the day, they are your family. And as far as your friends, friends do come and go. But if you've made the right friends when you were younger or at any time at the beginning of this stage or whatever it was, you'll see who your real friends are, who's really there for you, who really understands, and who wants to be there. You know, who really wants to be there? And those are the people that you should surround yourself with. And not necessarily with the addict. It's just about your own life now. Moving forward with your own life and figuring that out. And it is hard to be with other people. You don't even want to talk about it. You don't feel like you have much to talk about. What do you have to talk about? Oh, you just got your kid into rehab. They're in rehab. And you're you're a mess. I mean, really, what do you talk about? You know, so basically it is hard. But you've got to keep on doing things that you love to do so it does distract you. And keep focusing on the fact that no one's out to get you. You need to realize that. You need to express yourself and what your needs are. 